You know, growing up, I had many experiences, some pleasant, some not so pleasant. But in my time in looking for churches when I was younger, I had this reoccurring experience with people. And I was never really sure how to handle that experience. And it was often when I went to visit other churches, I never really had this experience in my own home, but but it's almost like when I walk into another church, there's a target on my back and somebody sees me and they have a message from God just for me, though they know nothing about me whatsoever. Now, I am sure that their intent was pure, that they were only trying to help. And sometimes I question whether or not their message was from God or if it was just some idea that someone had planted in their minds or they're just trying to impress upon people how important they are. Most most of the time I would just smile and say, thank you, that's what I learned how to do. But sometimes you just won't tell people to just, you know, stop and be quiet. Because maybe they talk too much to start with. But then there are those people that you meet who get a real message from God to be delivered and they struggle with it and they fight with it and it's not a a comfortable thing to bring that message forward and to me those are the true prophets the ones who bring forth the the real message that, that God had intended for them to deliver and what a shame it would be if they were to remain silent. Today's passage of Scripture comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. The Word of God says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter and not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, I come before you today and thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to gather here. And Father, I ask that you be with me during this time, that you enter me of my own desire, my own will to speak, and help me to remain focused on the word that you have put before us. Empty me and fill me with your spirit, that every word I speak would be pleasing to you and would be beneficial for your church. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. What God wants. That's the question that, that many people ask. I ask it all the time from my youth into my current days. We ask that question sometimes because we want to be pleasing to God. Sometimes we ask that question because we want to make sure that, that our path goes straight and true with as little complications as possible. Sometimes we ask God what he wants because simply we don't know what to do in a, in a circumstance. But I think it's a good question. And I think Jesus points out that answer in the passage that we first read. 
And I want to start at the last part of that passage where it talks about not entering the kingdom of heaven unless your righteousness meets that of the Pharisees because that's a scary thought. And if we take that passage out of context, then we're going to start this message off already with a negative tone, and we don't want to do that. What Jesus was talking about there was this. The Pharisees and the scribes in their day were the people of integrity, or so they thought. They knew the law, and they lived it, and they let you know that they lived it. They were highly disciplined people. And that thought process didn't just end in the days of Jesus. That thought process continued on into the the early church, and even into the church that we have today, that somehow we as a people can be so good that we will enter the kingdom of heaven all from our very deeds. And that passage or that thought right there is so far from the truth that it's not even funny. For no man enters the kingdom of heaven because of their own good works. They, they enter the kingdom of heaven because of the grace of God that was shed, that was expressed to humanity through Christ's sacrifice on the cross. His blood paid our sin debt. And what Jesus was referring to there when he said that statement was this, you're not going to work your way into heaven, rest assured, but if you want to find your way into heaven, then you trust in me and the sacrifice that I have given for you. Because he came into this world at this particular time to make this statement to say this, that I came into the world not to change things, not to, to take the old and make it different. And what he's referring to when he says to change, I didn't come to change the law and the prophets, but I came to fulfill them was this. He was talking about the teachings of what we refer to as the Old Testament. In Jesus' time, there was no New Testament as we know it. It hadn't been written yet. So anytime they quoted Scripture or referred to Scripture, they're talking about what we consider the Old Testament. And Jesus was saying this, is that the law is still intact. You may have interpreted it in a way that isn't effective, but it's still intact. And because I came into the world, that law is fulfilled, meaning we know, the Father and the Son, that you are going to fall and that you should not remain down and out because you fall. But because of Christ's sacrifice, the law was made fulfilled through him. That when we receive him and we receive that grace, we are no longer accountable to the law for salvation. And he didn't come to, to change the prophets. The prophets came into the world to deliver the message of Christ's coming. And he came, they came into the world to, to talk to people about how they should live and what they should do to discover God's will for their life. He didn't change any of that. And you know, because he didn't change any of that yesterday, that means that, that none of that has changed today. That we are still a people saved by grace because of Christ's sacrifice on the cross at Calvary. And that the prophets that existed today are just like the ones from yesterday. That God still speaks to his people. That he still gives them inspiration and hope and words to change the lives of the people around us in our community. And that's what I really want to talk to you about today. You see, the prophets didn't stop existing. 
when Jesus came into this world. They still exist. Too many times in life, God puts a passion and a desire in our heart. And we chase that passion and we chase that desire and we do everything we can to fulfill it. And there's things that happen that that keep us from individually fulfilling that purpose. And there comes a point in time when we have to understand that, that it's not ours to fulfill to start with. The battle doesn't belong to us. The battle belongs to God, meaning this, that you are required to walk your path daily, to go where God sends you, to do what God calls you to do, and to live out the law to the best of your ability while walking that path. But it becomes difficult when God says this. Tell your people that your vision or your hope or your idea isn't your thought, but it's mine. It's hard to do that. I I can only imagine, and I don't have to imagine, to be honest with you, because I remember my early days of walking with God when when he would give me messages of hope or or messages that would alter somebody's lives, that, that I would go to them and I would try to put it out there as if it was my plan with my knowledge and my experience, and I would try to convince someone to to change the way that they were living or change the course they were on based solely on the information that I could give them. And I failed miserably many times, just like many before me. And the reason I think we failed is this, is because when we approach a person and say, this is my hope, this is my vision, this is my desire, this is what I think you should do, I think what they're hearing is what Tommy is saying they should do with their life. It doesn't make a big difference. Just like when I walked into those churches and the people would come up to me and say, I have a message for you. The first thing that I picked up on was not God has a message for me. It was I have a message for for you. In other words, you were looking at me and you have already decided who I am, what my value is, what my worth is, and you think you know how to fix me. But things change when somebody approaches me and says this, God has a message for you. You know what? It changes our entire perspective that if you were to approach someone and share your vision or your hope with them and you would start that statement off with God said or I believe that God is leading me to say this, you have taken their vision off you as a person. They're not looking at your in your your problems, your weaknesses and your shortcomings anymore. You got their attention. They're looking beyond you to the almighty God. And they're more likely to hear the message that you have to present to them. It's a big difference when a person is relying on God, almighty creator of heaven and earth, as opposed to to me, lowly individual. But we as a people are scared to approach a person, and I don't understand fully why that is, to say, Deanne, God loves you and he has a great plan for you. You can find assurance in in that. One, that it's coming from God. Two, that his word reflects that very statement. The word hasn't changed from yesterday to today. His promises are still good. And I think sometimes that we might be scared what somebody's going to think about us if we say God said or, or God has led me to this thought or this belief. I think that we might be looked at as if something is wrong with us. Or that if our thoughts 
aren't dependent upon our own knowledge, which sometimes they shouldn't be. Sometimes our, our thoughts should be guided by God himself. But if the prophets don't speak, then the people will never hear. Amos 3, 7 says this, that for the Lord God has nothing, or for the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. Imagine that statement for just one minute in our society today. That a people do not understand what's happening around them unless God reveals it. You see, people are in need of leaders. They are in need of, of someone to stand up and point them in a direction and point them in a way. And if those leaders or those prophets don't do that, then the sheep will scatter and do whatever they want. But God says that he himself does nothing without revealing that secret to the prophets. What would it look like if God just came into our lives and started doing things randomly with no explanation? It would be chaotic. We wouldn't know what to think, especially if it's out of the norm, out of our everyday experiences. We would probably run and hide, but, but this is what God does. God wants his people to understand fully and truly what's happening in life. He wants them to know that, that they're not alone, that there's nothing to be scared of, and that he speaks to that one so that the, the rest will understand and find comfort. He speaks his vision through the prophet so the people remain united but the prophet has to come forward the prophet has to speak what's on his heart and mind because certain things happen if the prophet doesn't own up to his responsibility if the prophet hears the message but looks at the circumstances and say well you know i'm already defeated because everything is standing against what it is that i believe god is calling me to then I'm not going to say a word. Then nothing changes and everything stays the same. Or everything takes a different route. You see, there's no such thing in my mind as one will for God. I think God's will changes for us based on the decisions that we make. And sometimes that if we as a people don't stand up and use our prophetic voice, then we let the people around us down. We let them take a lesser road. God does not always use the circumstances as they appear to us. Sometimes those circumstances are nothing more than a challenge that he needs somebody to stand up and be able to, to look through the circumstance, to look through the muck, to look through the mire, and see victory at the other end of that walk. He needs somebody to do that because he wants the best for his children. And the best road is not always the easiest road. But the easiest road is always the default road. That when we look at the circumstances and the circumstances say no, then I start looking for another route. I want the most logical route, but God doesn't always work in logic. History tells us that. Tell me this, how logical was it for Noah to build an ark on dry land? Not very. 
How logical was it for Noah to, to build this ark on dry land and then stand before the people and say that, that God has announced judgment and the storms are going to come and the rains are going to flood the earth, but my family is going to be protected because I'm doing what God called me to do. There's not much logic in it. Faith doesn't always require logic. It requires obedience. And it requires people to stand up in the midst of adversity. It requires people to love God more than their friends because sometimes their friends in their best interest are the ones keeping that prophet from standing up. Because maybe the prophet is concerned about what others think. But if the prophet stands up and reveals the message that God gave them, then maybe, maybe they will look to that person. And instead of seeing that person and saying, I have a hope and I have a vision, but they see that, that that person is not just relying on their own understanding, but that they're relying on a spirit that is not of this world, but is of the kingdom of God. And it is that person who is empowered by God who changes our lives for the better. Not every prophet is heard in the very beginning. We know that. But in the long run, what the prophet speaks comes to pass. Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, all. But what we have today is this, is that we have the knowledge that God speaks through those who are willing to speak. And we won't stand alone as His Spirit goes with us. It's a short sermon today, but straight to the point. Have you given up on the vision that God put in your heart because circumstances don't seem to fare in your favor? Have you stood up in the name of God and announced your vision? In God's name or in your name. So let me challenge you to this. Don't worry about what somebody will think about you or how they will receive you. Go into the mission field that God has called you into. And rely on the name of Christ, who not only has all authority, but has given all authority. And declare your vision in Christ's name. And see if it doesn't make a difference in your spiritual life and in your community. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you and we thank you for this time that you've given us to come together. And Father, I just ask that, that as we sit here today and we hear your voice speaking to our hearts, 
Give us the strength to look beyond circumstances. Give us the strength to, to be able to see the completion of your mission through all the muck and through all the mire and through all the problems. And give us the strength to stand in the presence of your children, to be your prophet and speak your words so that a people will experience you in ways that they never have before or that a spirit will be reinvigorated with power or that hope will bring unity. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen.